0: First reading is taken from uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. shed on the cross. The Holy Gospel is written in the first chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to thee, O Christ.
1: People get excited about family history, and they go to endless trouble, and not a little expense, to trace their roots to find in their families uh, signs of the strengths and weaknesses and characteristics which they find in themselves. Uh, There wasn't much passed down to me when I began my study of uh, my short family history, Uh, but you can find out a lot in the Family Records office in Rosebury Avenue, uh, where amateur sleuths and professional people uh, seek information about those events. In my family, literacy came only about four generations ago, early in the 19th century, when education came to the villages. It's fascinating to discover the way in which one's DNA is influenced by previous generations. In my case, there was nothing particularly distinguished, but on one side I found, to my surprise, a Methodist minister and a Methodist missionary. And on both sides, some kind of musical abilities which have filtered through to me in a very diluted way. But this is the family I belong to, for better or worse, and some of whose characteristics I share. Neither John nor Paul, the authors of our readings today, uh, knew anything about DNA. But both were anxious to speak about origins, about the beginnings of all things, and perhaps they wouldn't have been surprised if they'd heard about the mysterious elements within us, which are passed down to us from our ancestors and which form an important part of our makeup. John, however, is not far off when he opens his gospel with the thought of a coming. But a coming from where? A coming from God in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the word was God. If he didn't use the metaphor of birth directly in the prologue, uh, he must have had it in mind, for as he wrote his version of the birth narratives, he chose not to repeat the literal birth story as told by Matthew and Luke, but to give us his reflection on the significance uh, of the incarnation of the word which became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So we must never lose sight of the significance of the story, for it is the most remarkable and relevant story uh, ever told. Remarkable not simply because of the circumstances of the birth, but because of the nature of the other world from which it came. Paul, in his epistle, used not the image of birth, but of the body of which Christ is the head, Christ who is the firstborn of all creation. And to make his point, Paul has, like John, to reflect on he who is the head, Christ. So Paul says that he, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the Father, not, of course, in physical appearance, for the Father is not a physical but a spiritual being. And it is not surprising, therefore, that we are nowhere given a description of Christ's appearance, only of what he said and did, his purpose and his nature. So this likeness is a spiritual likeness. He is the source of all creation. Not only was he their creator, but all things were created for him, He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And his work is reconciliation, for he makes peace in our disturbed and distorted world, peace through his blood shed on the cross. The image of the body of of Christ with Christ as the head is in many ways not unlike the image of the new birth. The image of Christ is then the the image we have to bear in mind when we dare to claim that the word became flesh. We can't see the Father, but whoever has seen me has seen the Father. The birth narratives are so familiar that we can so easily say or hear those words without noting the extraordinary claim that is being made. For here is the one who was with God and who was indeed God, who would be our image of God. And this is the message we must have in our minds when we say the creed, and we come to those four solemn words, and was made man. That in the dark and dusty and unhygienic reality of the birthplace, in whom uh, was occurring uniquely In that birth, uh, the coming into the world of our God himself, in whom dwelt all the fullness of God, who was the word of God, by whom our world is forever challenged and changed. What is in in John's mind when he uses the phrase which is now translated, and he became flesh and dwelt among us? It is, of course, an allusion to the tabernacle in the Old Testament and is sometimes translated that he tabernacled amongst us. As the people of Israel made their pilgrimage through the world, the desert in its heat and emptiness, the tent of meeting was the symbol of God's presence with them, the place where they might meet him, the physical sign that God was amongst them and would protect them and lead them to the new land. God had taken up residence with them. So this is the context of John's thought that the word was made flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We can't, of course, grasp it fully, for it is way beyond human comprehension. But we can begin to get the drift of the message and to allow that message to get a grip on our minds we who have believed in his name have become children of God. As he was developed to develop this theme in chapter 3 of his Gospel, in the meeting with Nicodemus, uh, we must experience a rebirth. It is a, a rebirth uh, which uh, first involves a death to the old life and an entry into a new life. A life with Christ, a membership of his kingdom, a belonging to his new family, a sharing of the characteristics of that new family. We are to be born of water and the Spirit, the water of baptism as we turn in repentance from the old life and of the Spirit as the Spirit of God begins his work of transformation of our inner lives So, in Christ, the Word became flesh. He entered our world of conflict, where the world which is God's kingdom, the world which is spirit, found itself in opposition to the world of flesh, to our world. This was the world he was born into. He found himself in conflict, even within his own family, as the incident of his youth points up, where being about his father's business in the temple began to take priority over his own parents. In the world of work at his carpenter's bench, as he worked with his tools, not least his uh, hammer and nails, did he, ha- did he have some inkling of the part they would play in the conflict reached at its climax at Golgotha. In his ministry, he faced the devil as temptation came to him in in the desert and he overcame it. Of those those he chose to be closest to him, uh, they were slow to understand. And when it came to the crunch, one would betray him, one would deny him, and all would distance themselves from him And as he was brought face to face with the people around him during his ministry, he found in them the marks of this world of flesh, disease and death, injustice and exploitation, corruption and opposition. Everywhere, he who was divine goodness was face to face with the power of evil, and it led him to the cross where he must be the Lamb led to the slaughter, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, bearing the punishment that brings our peace, by whose wounds we are healed. There he knew the depth of darkness and the isolation of abandonment. This is what becoming flesh meant for him. And as we see see him dwelling amongst us. We see his glory, the glory of the self-emptying love, the glory which was of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the light was not overcome by the darkness. Even death was not the end, but the gateway to the new and risen life. So we too, as children of God, are passing through what is often uh, seems like the empty death uh, the empty desert of human existence we have to endure temptation and sometimes failure we know the fear of loss the fear of pain and sickness and weakness we wonder what the meaning of life is we need to know his origins because they are to be our origins for they give meaning to our lives. We need his presence in our lives, his welcome and his salvation, his protection and strength. We need hope and assurance for the future. And so he has become flesh and dwells amongst us. We feed on him through the symbols of bread and wine, and we are his children born into his family. He is our head, he, we who belong to the body of Christ. His DNA must be that which shapes all our lives. He is the true origin and nature and destiny of human life. Amen.